It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. There shouldn't be much doubt anymore. Wendell Carter is having one beast of a season for the Orlando Magic. How he puts a stamp on every game he plays. We'll get to that and a whole lot more on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is March 21st, 2022. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Wendell Carter comes up huge in an Orlando Magic win. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I will let you decide that. I think it's a good thing. How Wendell Carter puts his stamp on every game not just the ones when he scores 30 against really bad Oklahoma City teams. We'll get to that, plus go through the box score and review some of the prospects that we saw this weekend at the NCAA tournament. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, whether we're your first listener of the day, whether you're listening to us right when we upload on your way home from work, while you're at work, whenever. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is to cover this season with more props, odds, and lines for Bet Online, where it starts. So, I mean, obviously, Sunday's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder was kind of ugly, kind of gritty, kind of dirty, kind of just awful in a lot of ways. Um, it was uh these are two not these are two not very good basketball teams. Let's just let's just put it that way. Um, they shot really poorly, which made things that much worse. Um, I, I wouldn't even say the Magic's defense was particularly good, although they did only give up eighty five points. But there there's still something to learn from every game, um, and I, I think a lot of us who've watched the Magic this year have been you know maybe not screaming from the mountaintops, but quietly very confident. Uh, and very, very encouraged with the kind of season that Wendell Carter has had. And not even us who who really believe in Carter um, and have really gotten to learn his game and, and understand his game could, could have seen him do something like he did Sunday night. Sunday night, Wendell Carter took over the game. Just completely took it over. Just completely put his grips on the game and said, we are not losing. And yes, it's against Oklahoma City, and, and Oklahoma City's starting centers uh, Darius is Isaiah Roby or Darius Baisley or Alexei po- Alexei Pokashevsky. It's 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 not like a murderer's row. So you know, yes, some grains of salt are needed, but still, chips are down. Game is on the line. Game is in the balance. The Magic are struggling. Wendell Carter comes in and makes an immediate impact. 
He played about seven minutes in the fourth quarter, uh, scoring, I believe it was 10 points, 10 of his 30 points or seven of his 30 points or something like that. Um, and making plays that win the game, whether it was stepping into a three-pointer to tie the game, whether it was setting a screen and roll with Franz Wagner that ended up with him at, at a lob to the basket, whether it was him just willing rebound after rebound after rebound. To me, the scoring was really nice. But what impressed me was how he dominated the glass in that fourth quarter. He made sure Oklahoma City did not get a single rebound uh, in that quarter. And obviously they got a few, but did not get any key rebound. There's a possession. The Magic were up by four, I believe, late with about two two minutes, a minute and a half left. Wagner goes up for a, a little floater off the pick and roll. He misses, but Wendell Carter in between three Oklahoma City players pulls down the rebound goes back up for the lay-in, makes it a six-point game, and that was really about it. That about did it for Oklahoma City. They were not able to come back because the Magic were just dialed in. Carter was great defensively. Uh, he was great offensively, working his mid-range game as well as his post-game, as well as his attack game. And that's how you score a career-high 30 points. You do all your little things really, really well. But again, this isn't about Wendell Carter scoring. It, 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 everything looks bigger and brighter because of that scoring. But it's the little things Carter does. And really, it's these little things that he has done pretty consistently the entire season. When the Magic are right, Wendell Carter has his hands in everything. Whether it's the rebounding, whether it's the defense, whether it's setting a good screen. He just impacts the game not in ways that don't necessarily show up in a box score all the time. His numbers this year... Um, especially after the All-Star break, have been quite impressive. Um, and, and they are they are worth noting here um, as, I, as I come up here on my sheet. Um, Carter scored 10 points and grabbed seven rebounds, making all three of his shots in that fourth quarter, just to clean that part up, um, as Lando pulled away from Oklahoma City for a 90-85 to victory. For the season, Carter is averaging a career-high 15 points per game, shooting 52.4% from the floor. On a career-high 11 field goal attempts per game, this is actually the first season in Carter's career where he's taking more than 10 field goal attempts per game. Just a sign that, A, the Magic are putting a lot more trust in him. And B, Carter is feeling a lot more comfortable and confident within this offense in a way that he was not in Chicago with the constant shuffling of coaches that he had. Since the calendar year began in 2020, or 2022, uh, since January 1st, 2022, Carter is averaging 17.7 points per game. And shooting 55.8% from the floor. He's earned two nominations for Eastern Conference Player of the Week. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the game the Magic that he missed on Thursday uh, against Detroit, another just equally poor team, uh, Orlando just never could get themselves right. Um, you know, a lot of us have kind of joked over the last week that if Jalen Suggs had played against the Nets, Kyrie Irving wouldn't have gone off for 60. I I'm not so sold on that one. If some of us, are, are convinced that if Wendell Carter had played Thursday against Detroit, sure, Sadiq Bey might have scored 51, but Orlando would have been much better on the glass and probably would have still had a chance to win that game. Again, remember, it was a six-point game there in the third quarter um, before they extended it back out to like 12. Um, Carter makes that big of an impact. But the point goes beyond that. Diving a little bit deeper in. Carter's 13th in the league this year with 3.8 screen assists per game, considering how poor some of the Magic's finishers are. Imagine if Jalen Suggs were a little bit better in pick and rolls, if Cole Anthony were a little bit better in pick and rolls, um, if they ran a few more pick and rolls with Franz and, and Carter together. 
Um, as the roll man in pick and rolls, in fact, the Magic's offense scores 1.05 points per possession, which again, entering Sunday's game, which again, pretty uh, considering how bad the Magic's offense is, that feels like a pretty good number. When Carter's on the floor, the Magic have a minus 3.9 net rating, which is the best mark of any rotation player on the team. Since January 1st, the Magic are just minus 1.2 net rating with Carter on the floor. By far the best mark on the team by nearly two point by more than two points per 100 possessions. Again, the Matt, we're, we're running with comp- comparative numbers. Is that a good number at the end of the day? No, absolutely not. Magic still have to get a lot better. Players have to improve individually. Magic have to bring in better talent, all that stuff. And Carter isn't the kind of player that's good enough, at least right now, to lift the team on his own. He's not someone that's going to put the team on his back like he did Friday, Sunday night and carry them to a win. It's the little things that he does that puts his imprints on the game. And, and that's what he did really in Sunday's game. That's what he did that was so impressive. It, it wasn't the scoring. The scoring has been impressive. Don't, don't get me wrong. And, and he's a reliable outlet whenever the Magic need to get him the ball. He's going to make the right decision. Um, sometimes he'll rush into a shot. Sometimes he'll take a bad shot or, or he'll turn the ball over as he's continuing to improve his passing. But he will continue to be available for the Magic for whatever they need. And that's what's important. Look, we're going to talk about the NBA draft here at the end of the show. We're going to talk about the NCAA tournament. I don't know what the future holds for the Orlando Magic team. I don't know exactly what the next stage of the rebuild is or, or how the Magic are going to piece those guys together. Which guys are they going to bring in? Which guys are they going to keep? Which guys are they going to emphasize? How are they going to build the kind of team they want to be? Those are all fair questions. Those are all legitimate questions. Those are all real questions that Jeff Waltman and his staff, and certainly we will be thinking about as the season comes to a close. Wendell Carter has a place in that future, though. Whether it's as the four or the five, Wendell Carter has clearly marked his place as just a key cog in the wheel for this Magic team. As he continues to gain more confidence as a shooter, as he develops that three-point shot continually, because he's still only 24 years old, 25 years old, as those parts of his game continue to develop, he will continue to be very, very valuable. And he's going to help make other players' lives easier. Wendell Carter is not going to score 30 points every game. And the Magic won't play the Oklahoma City Thunder every game. They play them Wednesday, and then they're done with them for probably the next year. Um, it's, it's, it, this is a game where Carter took advantage of a weakened opponent. This was the matchup and Carter buried it to a pole. And again, I think I said this last year with Cole, it's better to know that he can do it than he can't. Um, it's better to know that he can do this kind of thing, but Carter really took over again. Carter is the reason why the magic won this game. He took over and made sure Orlando won. And that's the most important thing to him. And that's the most important reason why he's invested in this team and what they're trying to build. That's the reason why he seems to be the voice of calm for this team. But at the end of the day, the Magic needed the fire. And Carter put his imprint on this game, just like he's put his imprint on this entire season. We'll go through the box score here in just a moment and then talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament coming up in just a moment. But first, a quick word, built bar. If my copy will load, I'll be able to tell you a little bit more. But it's March. You know, NCAA tournament's already here, believe it or not. Spring is already here. It feels like 
it's time to give up on those New Year's resolutions. We all have done it. I know I haven't been as great, but I read this copy every week and I tell you I'm doing better. I, I hit my bike a few times. I've been kind of I've been kind of trying to keep track a little bit of my eating. Yesterday was not a good day, so I'll be hitting the bike hopefully later on tonight after work. Um, but this is not the time to give up. This is the time to double down and get back on the horse with your healthy eating habits and with your healthy snacking habits. The snacks are what kill you. And that's why you should try Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So replace those high-calorie candy bars with good-tasting protein Built Bars. Built Bars are all covered in 100% real chocolate. To get that chocolate fix you need whether late afternoon or after workout. Plus, you get all the protein that you need and energize you through your day. Built Bars are low-calorie high and high-protein with most containing 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Check out Built.com to get more info on their macros and more nutritional information as well. They come in great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors come out all the time. So even if this is a little outdated, there's going to be a good flavor out there for you. Trust me. And, and, and I've tried many of these bars. I... Don't know. I I, I I usually expect protein bars to not taste nothing like what they say or just have hints of what they say on the wrapper. No. When this thing says it tastes like cookies and cream, it tastes like cookies and cream. It, it, it gives you that, that flavor that you're looking for, that sweet flavor, that savory flavor that you're looking for. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. Don't know how they do it, but they do pull it off every single time. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. The Orlando Magic defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder 90-85. to It was, again, not the most aesthetically pleasing game you've ever seen. Um, I would say that... Uh, yeah, not that each team was trying to lose. Oklahoma City certainly sat a few of their guys. Orlando's kind of in a rough way right now. Um, it, it it was a bad night for both teams. It was not a good night. And, and Oklahoma City's got Boston tonight, so have fun with that, um, Oklahoma City. If you can't score uh, more than 90 against Orlando, um, the, the Celtics' defense is, uh, is, is definitely a real challenge. But let's go through the box score real fast. Obviously, Wendell Carter, the star, 30 points, 12 for 15 shooting, 4 for 7 from the foul line, 16 rebounds, including 4 offensive rebounds. Really the only bad mark on, on his ledger was 5 turnovers. Orlando had 21 turnovers for 23 points. Kind of a real sloppy game offensively, especially early on for Orlando. 
they're always able to kind of hang around though. They're always able to kind of keep the lead and, and stay, stay within contact at the very least. Um, even though they scored 31 in the first quarter and then 31 combined in the second and third quarters. Um, it was just that kind of game. The defense did a good job keeping them in it, but Oklahoma City also didn't shoot particularly well. 38.6% from floor, 7 for 31 from beyond the arc. So Oklahoma City, I'm sorry, that was the magic. Um, Oklahoma City shot 32.6% from floor, 13 for 48 uh, from beyond the arc, 27.1%. Um, they turned it over 16 times for six Orlando points. So again, the magic is not taking advantage of mistakes. Oklahoma City did. That's what kept them in the game. Um, so again, the turnover is really the only mark. But once that fourth quarter came around, it was a close game. Wendell Carter took over. Wendell Carter um, with 10.7 rebounds in the fourth quarter um, just really dominated the game and made sure Orlando secured this victory. Just really good focus on that end to, 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 to win the game. And so Wendell Carter definitely gets all the applause and all the applause and stars for the stars for this one. Franz Wagner struggled in this one. 11 points, 3 for 12, shooting 0 for 3 from beyond the arc, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Um, but I do like how the Magic are starting to put Franz on the ball a little bit more. I know that's been a big call. We'll probably talk a little bit about it on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, um, just about uh, how the Magic need to just kind of increase Franz's workload a little bit. This game, he was on the ball a whole lot more. Obviously, only three players took more than 10 shots. Franz was one of them, so you like to see that. Um, you know, he's just he's just got to improve his touch on his floaters. And, and I, I, the big thing for me has been get a, like, two-dribble pull-up game. Like, you know, he's so good at keeping guys on his hip and, and getting into the lane and, and kind of waiting and biding his time. If he can develop a, a little pull-up game in the mid-range, um, it's going to – it's game over. Like, like no one's going to be able to stop him because he can get to the basket, he can control the pace of the game, and then just add that extra weapon. Defenses aren't going to know what to what to do. And so Franz is just going to know what to take from what to take what the defense is giving him. He's going to know what the defense is giving him, and he's just going to be able to score at, at every level. And I think right now, um, Franz just doesn't have a big have have a great pull up game. He's got that spot up game. You know, he's got some moves around the three point line, uh, but obviously he's either getting to the basket or he's shooting a three right now. And, and Franz is at the point where okay, now you got to get a little bit more confident with your pull up game. Start hitting those shots. Start hitting those shots um, off the dribble a little bit more. Um, and and then if he does that, then this this kid's an all star. Like that's that's literally the missing piece uh, for him. No one else really scored in this game. Ten points for more for Mo Wagner, three for nine. One big nasty dunk that energized the team early in the fourth quarter. Uh, five rebounds, but again, just you know, he, Mo Wagner puts up his numbers. Um, you know, again, struggled with his three point shot. I'm um, certainly a little three happy right now, but uh, I, I love the energy Mo Wagner gives this team. Uh, I, I'm 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 really excited for the season he has and and. Glad the Magic have another year of him if they want it. Um, he's got a non-guaranteed deal next year. It, it sure feels like the Magic are going to let are going to pick that up and, and keep him around because he's had a really great year. Other than that, RJ Hampton eight points, four for seven shooting, solid game for RJ. Nothing too special there. Three turnovers for him. Uh, seven points for Mo Bamba in twenty-one minutes, three for seven shooting, ten rebounds. So a nice near double-double for Mo. Um, he did not play at the end of the game. They stuck with Chuma Okiki. Okiki was eight points, two for seven, shooting two for five from deep. Cole Anthony, six points, one for seven, shooting one for four from deep, but seven assists. Cole did a good job distributing. That's a good sign for him. Then he's starting to distribute the ball a little bit more, maybe shoot a little bit less. Um, again, just some decision-making, uh, some better decision-making. only had two turnovers in this game, so it's a pretty good decision-making. Just better shot selection and decision-making on that end is probably the next big development, just kind of learning and understanding where his spots are in the game and how to keep others involved. That's kind of the big thing holding him back. Markel Fultz, only four points, two for eight shooting. He's kind of, 
after that initial rush, um, Fultz has had three difficult games right now. So, you know, we'll ease off the hype meter right, hype meter a little bit, although I think some of that is the lineups he's playing with, playing in. Had a great uh, assist to Wendell Carter for a dunk early in the first quarter, but then he's largely playing with those bench groups. It, it definitely feels like something's missing uh, from, from Markel. Gary Harris, six points, two for 10, shooting 0 for 5 from deep. So, again, just a, a difficult shooting game for Orlando, but they are able to get the defense they need to win the game. Forced some turnovers, uh, you know, just kind of just kind of kept themselves in it. Just kept them kept themselves in it. Free throws helped a ton for Orlando, um, and again, Wendell Carter just took over in the fourth quarter. So definitely a uh, definitely a, a really interesting game and, and, a, and a weird statistical game, but a game that the Magic needed to get the win. The Orlando Magic defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder ninety to eighty five. They're now two and three on this homestand. They'll wrap it up on Tuesday against the Golden State Warriors. No Steph Curry. But still a really formidable Golden State team. Going to be interesting to see how the Magic handle the Warriors on Tuesday to close this road trip. We'll get to, we'll talk a little bit about what we saw in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament uh, and, and some of the prospects we're keeping an eye on coming up uh, coming up here in our final segment of Lockdown Magic. But first, the NCAA tournament is here, as we noted it noted, and with the Sweet, sweet Sixteen on the horizon. It's time to, to re-up those bets and make good on all the misses he had in the first weekend. So for all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So obviously NCAA tournament weekend, um, a lot of NBA fans get their first look or a lot of NBA fans kind of turn their attention. And, and yes, I think put over emphasis on what they see in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, again, like the NBA season, you don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low. You don't want to overemphasize what we're seeing here in the NCAA tournament. At, at the end of the day, these guys had 30 plus games, 30 or so games on the front end of the season to Make their case. These are high-pressure games for sure, and you do learn a lot. You do learn a little bit about the character of these guys in these games, but you don't want to put too much emphasis on this. However, we are watching these games. We're getting some prime-time matchups. Um, It is worth noting how guys are doing. Um, Jabari Smith struggled um, a lot in last night's loss to Miami. Um, You know, Again, I I didn't get a chance to watch the game super closely, um, but I I just remember seeing a lot of people saying Jabari needs to get more aggressive. Jabari needs to get, get going, and and, and, and I think that's been one of the big concerns with Jabari is necessarily kind of keeping that aggression level on. Um, you know, honestly, though, you know, when I look at some of that, like Jabari gets on the ball plenty, he shoots plenty, he's taken over plenty this year. 
I'm not super concerned about that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think what we sometimes forget is like a guy like Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith is a freshman. Um, and, and I do think sometimes we see this happen, especially in the tournament where freshman players defer to older players. Um, they've never been in the tournament. They've never experienced this pressure. And while, yes, some of them are very, very good in the guys that do rise to that occasion very early on, like Carmelo Anthony did, certainly stand out more. And we'll get to Ben. We'll get get to Benedict Mathurin, Mathurin, um, and plenty more, and Paolo Bancaro here in a sec. Um, but I, I, I just I, I try to remember that a lot of these guys are kids. Um, they're not their team leaders. They're not the guys kind of driving the driving the boat quite yet. Um, and so a guy like Jabari Smith, yes, you want to see him kind of take over that game and, and try and win it. And if he does win that game, it's over. Jabari Smith is the number one pick. I, I, I don't think I don't think we we can debate that a whole lot more. Um, but you got to remember these are 18 year olds. They're still learning how to take over like Jalen Suggs. Yeah. He had the big moment late in that game against um, UCLA in the final four. And obviously a three point shot, but it was still the veterans are still drew Timmy. It was still uh, Andrew Nemhard um, really leading Gonzaga through that tournament run. And, and, you know, some people would say, well, if Jalen Suggs hadn't, hadn't gotten a foul trouble in the national championship game, uh, Gonzaga might've won that, but, it's still about the veterans, and 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 Suggs was definitely deferring. He wasn't the full time point guard at Gonzaga. That was Nemhard, um, a former Gator, of course. Um, it's it, it's really hard to expect these young guys to take over leadership roles, and that was honestly so. The game that I did watch really closely this weekend uh, was Memphis Gonzaga. Was a uh, Memphis Gonzaga, um, just because you got the chance to see Chet Holmgren go up against Jalen Duran, um, two lottery picks, two lottery big men head to head, and and so that made for a fascinating matchup. And, you know, I would say that, yes, like in that game, like Holmgren was kind of knocked a little bit off kilter. Memphis did a great job locking down the paint, keeping Gonzaga from getting themselves going and, and getting themselves moving. And like I just said, the reason Gonzaga won that game was because Drew Timmy took over. Drew Timmy um, was fantastic cutting the basket, fantastic in the low post, this really solid fundamental post play. Um, and Memphis had no clue what to do with them. And then you add in some extra shooting from Nemhard. That was all Gonzaga needed to come back in that game and win. Holmgren, though, did not play poorly. Um, I think he had, what, 9.7 rebounds and four blocks or something like that. Um, he still filled up the statute. And, and, and again, what I, what I found still is so extremely impressive about Holmgren is, yes, the huge debate about him is his physique. He is super, super skinny, doesn't have a lot of muscle on him. Jalen Duran was knocking him around. A lot of players were kind of knocking him around, but... You know, again, I, I still, this was my evaluation of Holmgren before. The guy is not afraid of contact. Uh, and and the guy will take a bump, get knocked out of position, but he is so long and, and so good with understanding how to position himself. He will still block a ton of shots. He will still get to a lot of shots. Now, will that happen in the NBA? Now, Jalen Duran is a big dude. Um, I think Duran is a lottery pick. I think that he... Is gonna he projects to me to be a really solid backup center, just kind of that energy center. You bring him in, just kind of use him as a wrecking ball a little bit. Um, big dude, re- NBA physically ready body. Um, he he really went after Holmgren, and I thought Holmgren again stood his ground as much as he could, blocked a few of his shots. You know, they both canceled each other out with foul trouble. Um, it, it was a, a really nice, it was a really nice performance. And again, a really, I think a really telling performance about Holmgren and the kind of player he wants to be. So, yes, I'm not saying the debate about his physique goes goes away or 
that that does that make him the number one pick because he he struggled he's struggling with a shot right now and and it's easy to see how difficult he can life is going to be for him if he can't hit that outside shot if he can't hit the three um that's he's not ready to be in the low block and while he wants to hang around the basket he's not afraid to go in the paint um it, it, he's got to be able to hit shots or it's going to be really hard to play him uh, beyond just kind of what the Magic do with Mo Bamba right now. The Magic don't need another Mo Bamba. Now, I don't think Chet is Mo. Um, I think Chet is Chet wants to be a little bit more physical, but it's it's definitely a, it's definitely a, still a concern and still something that he's going to have to prove and grow on as his career uh, begins. But Chet Holmgren's still a really impressive player. Excited to see him play once again for Gonzaga later on uh, this weekend. Um, the other guy that kind of, that there are two other players that, that made names for themselves, uh, three other players. Paolo Bencaro had a really nice game against Michigan State, really took over that game late. Um, led Duke in scoring, so really nice game for Paolo. He's starting to kind of try and get, he's going to have the stage to get himself back into that top two, I think, with Jabari gone. Um, you know, his shot to me is still the biggest concern, but the guy just knows how to score. He just, he knows how to work the in-between games. So I think there is definitely something to work with Paolo. I don't think anyone should be upset about getting Paolo Bancaro in this draft. The two guys that really stood in Ivy at Purdue made a lot of big plays, a lot of big shots to help uh, Purdue advance advanced to the sweet 16. Um, he's a really impressive. If there's a guy that he, he does remind you a lot of John Moran. I don't think he's as explosive of a score as John, but the same kind of body type, same kind of athletic, same, you know, kind of like attack will to attack the basket. Uh, Benedict Matherin, just a, a, a fantastic performance, hit big shots. My big question for him has been about his three point shooting. He's got the physical length, the magic, like he's got a lot of the other skills, that the magic like he wants to defend. He's a hard worker. If you haven't read his story, it's incredible. Um, just a really nice performance, a really just great offensive performance to, to save Arizona season. They just a lot of huge plays, especially in overtime, really stepped up um late in that game. And 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 uh, I've had I think I've had Benedict Matherin higher than a lot of other people. Um Gossite was a night that that kind of was like, okay, this guy, this guy can play. This guy, this guy's good. And and I think we're kind of learning about this draft class that. You know, there are a lot of questions. You know, that, that top four doesn't feel like a superstar top four. There are a lot of questions, but it is still a pretty deep draft class. I don't think I, I think this draft goes six, seven guys deep that you feel pretty comfortable taking before you start worrying about okay, like what what is this guy's real role gonna be? How what how is this guy going to develop? So we'll see how it all plays out. Obviously, um, obviously a long way to go before the NBA draft, but the NCAA tournament helps us get a little bit of focus on some of these prospects. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in him like Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey. All the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enable listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at Daily. Now that you're done with us, Go make your second listen Locked on NBA. Locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this is Philip Ross. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.